Anything that we pursue, we're driven by purpose. Whether it be sport or anything else in life, we're always seeking purpose for the things that we do. Uh, what I'm about to share is a message that I gave uh, about a week ago to a group of of high school students at uh, at my church, and um, we were speaking about. Christmas and the purpose that is found in Christmas and the purpose that is found in Jesus. And so while this message doesn't directly relate to pursuing sport for Christ, the parallels are um, are there. And so I thought that I would share this and um, hopefully you'll see through this message that as we pursue purpose in sport or anything else, our pursuit of purpose was first modeled by Jesus when he came to earth and lived a life that led to the cross. So here it is. I hope you'll be thinking as I speak, and in that sense, it's going to be a, it's going to be a conversation. 
I have no interest in standing here and you just listening to me. That's meaningless. It's purposeless. I really hope that you'll think and think how this applies to you, what you can get from this, and why it should matter to you. And as we speak, I want you to think about what Jesus did so that we can. What he did so that we can. What he did so that we should. Because if we can answer those questions and have a really clear understanding of what that means, it will add excitement to your life because it will add purpose that's exciting and actually matters. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm a school teacher. And um, my passion for this topic with you as, as youth comes from what I do every single day. And at the beginning of every school year, I, uh, I try to start a, a project with my students called a passion project. Has anybody done this in school, passion projects? Okay. Um, I really like this project because I think it has a lot of value and I think it has a lot of excitement. But every single year that I do it, I get a little bit depressed. And I get a little bit depressed because of the fact that when I say to students, hey, listen, you get to research anything you want. You get to learn whatever you want. You get to grow in whatever you want. Because I get the fact that you don't want to come and listen to me teach math and literacy in, in a way that doesn't matter to you. It's purposeless. You're not interested in it. So I say, you get to choose. You get to choose what you get to research. You get to choose what you get to learn. And you get to apply it to your life. I think that's an exciting thing to come to school for. But I get depressed because there are always a handful of students, more than a handful, to, I, I don't know what I want to research. And so I'll say, okay, what do you like? I say, if if I was to give you unlimited money and unlimited time, what would you do? I don't know. Okay, what do you do when you go home and and you're looking for something to entertain you? YouTube videos. It's always YouTube videos. And it always makes me really sad because I actually think that that's a sign of what our society values. We are so quick to find purpose in what's simple and easy that we now have technology where we can go and sit behind a computer, sit down, there's our purpose. I'm entertained. Wonderful. But we never get past those screens to actually pursue a purpose that will excite us. I give these students a chance to do anything that they want in the classroom, anything that would bring them excitement, and they don't have anything because they've never pursued anything. So my hope for us today is as we look at Jesus and the life of Jesus, um, my hope is that you'll see that the baby in the manger feels purpose and excitement for our lives. And that you'll see that this baby came so that you don't have to find your purpose in something meaningless like YouTube videos or your sports or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or even your school. My hope is that you'll find something that actually can excite you and will excite you. And I use that term will deliberately because it will. But you have to push through it. And you have to find the purpose and experience it. So first what we're going to do, I'm going to go very quickly through how Jesus pursued his purpose. Then we're going to go pretty quickly through what this means for you. And how you can pursue purpose in the same way. And then we're going to tie it all together. And as we tie it together, I hope you will have been thinking all the way through about what this means for you. So that when we get to the end, you have something that you can take away from here. So Jesus' purpose. The first thing we know about Jesus is that God had a plan for him. And we know this when we look at the prophecies. I'm just going to read a few to you. Micah 5.2, prophecies were um, basically predictions uh, of, of, of the life of Jesus that happened years and years and years before he, he was born. 
So Micah 5.2, but you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come to you, one whose origins are from the distant past. Isaiah 7.14 says, all right then, the Lord himself will choose the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. So the Bible predicted where Jesus would be born and that he'd be born from a virgin. Those are just two prophecies. Location and how. And the how was a virgin. So automatically, when those two things happen, and it happened, it was predicted years and years and years and years and years before it happened. Once it happens, you know that Jesus is who he says he is. He's God. Just from those two predictions. But then scientists went further, and they looked at the Bible, and they saw that there were over 300 prophecies that predicted what would happen in Jesus' life. And this is what they found. They found that all 300 prophecies, the mathematical um, uh, chances of that, of those 300 prophecies happening and actually happening in one person's life, is practically impossible. It's actually a miracle. But then they said, okay, what would the chances be for just 48 of them? Just 48 of the 300 actually happened. And they found that the number was, the chances were, one in 10 to the 157th power. So basically 10 and 157 zeros after it. So those are the chances of one person fulfilling 48 predictions on their life. So God clearly had a plan for Jesus. And when we look at that, we know that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God. So that's the first thing. The second thing is Jesus always remained in relationship with God. He always found time to spend with God. And all the way through his death, he was pursuing relationship with, with God. Now, we look at the 40 days in the desert that he spent. He spent 40 days fasting without food just to spend time with God. The Garden of Gethsemane, right before he went to the cross, he got away to get alone with God so that he could pray to God and have a relationship with God. And even was asking God, God, is there any other way for this to happen? Relationship. Pursuit. And then even on the cross as he was hanging there, he was focused on God. Through all his pain and all his suffering, he was focused on God and focused on others. He prayed for those who were persecuting him, and he said, Father, into your hands I commit commit my spirit. All the way from birth to death, he was pursuing relationship. Through that relationship, he was also pursuing obedience. When we look at, um, at, at events in his life, one of my favorite events in Jesus' life is when he went into the temple, went in like a boss and started pulling over tables and throwing them everywhere. And, and really upsetting people. And, uh, and the other piece is, is when he was in the, the desert for 40 days and he resisted Satan's temptations. He was without, without food. Satan comes with the most tempting temptations you could imagine. And he hammered him down by quoting scripture. So we know that God was continuously, he had a purpose. God had a purpose for his life. Sorry, Jesus had a, God had a purpose for Jesus' life. We know that Jesus was constantly pursuing relationship with God. He was pursuing that relationship through obedience. And we also know that through that entire process, Jesus was pursuing a life of significance rather than success. A lot of us get um, tied into what we can do for ourselves rather than what we can do for others. Significance is what you do for others, but success is what you do for yourself. And um, it was through the pursuit of relationship, through obedience to God, that Jesus pursued character that would allow him 
to serve other people. And then through all of it, he had to be patient. You know, I said that Jesus came as a baby. And that was the start of his purpose. The end result was the cross. But that happened 33 years later. For 33 years, Jesus was on this earth pursuing his purpose. He was pursuing relationship. He was pursuing obedience. And he was pursuing significance of serving God and serving others. 33 years is a long time. Especially when you know what the end result is going to be. You're hanging on a cross. And through that entire process, we know from the Bible, it says that God did not consider, or Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So Jesus, who was God, came here to serve other people, even though he could have pursued celebrity in his highest sense. But instead, he decided not to. Because he understood that significance was going to be a whole lot more valuable than his own personal success. So when we look, that's just a quick little look at the life of Jesus. But now I'd like to talk about how we can use that model in our own lives. Jesus came to pursue purpose. He, pur- he pursued it through that model. Through He knew he had a purpose that God had given him. He pursued relationship with God. He pursued obedience to God. He pursued significance for God and others. And that purpose that he had, that he pursued, is the same purpose, the same model that will allow us to push through YouTube videos and all those other things that distract us from actually accomplishing something meaningful that will actually bring you excitement in your life. And I'm going to look at it. I'm going to... I'm going to Look at the model of Jesus and the model of us, and we're going to look at how we can we can follow that model. So Jesus always remains um, consistent and focused on God's plan for him. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says to us, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future." So we might not have over three hundred prophecies that have been given by God to say what's going to happen in our lives. In fact, a lot of us we have no clue. What's going to happen in our lives? Most of us. I'd be surprised if anybody here knows exactly a calling from God on their lives at this point. I hope you do. Maybe you do. But it's unlikely. But what we do know from that verse is that the God who created all things, the God who came here as a baby, the God who defeated death on the cross, rose again. The God of that power says to us that he he loves us and he has a plan for us. The greatest celebrity, the greatest being, the greatest power that you could ever imagine says that he has a plan for you and that he wants to empower you through the Holy Spirit coming into your life to pursue that purpose and that plan. If that isn't exciting, I don't know what is. That type of power onto me, onto my life so I can do something meaningful. And notice that verse that says he wants to prosper you. He wants you to be successful and significant. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants to give you hope. And another word for hope is excitement. So this God of the universe wants to give you excitement in your life. And he wants to give you excitement that leads to a future that you can be excited about. If we sit behind a computer and find our purpose in YouTube videos, you will never find any excitement. You might find entertainment, but you will never find excitement. And you'll never find purpose. You'll never find passion, and you'll never find significance. 
We said that Jesus focused on remaining in relationship with God. When we don't remain connected to, to, to Jesus, when we don't pursue relationship with Jesus, then we lose the source of our passion and our purpose and our excitement for life. And the story I think about is, is when I was younger, my, my parents put me in piano lessons. And at first I was a little hesitant to do it, but I actually found that I really enjoyed it. And so for a few years, I, I pursued piano, and I think I had some potential in it. But eventually, I decided that I wanted to pursue some other things. And once I decided to pursue those other things, I said, but I'll still try to be good at piano. I'll still practice it. And so what I did was I learned one song. I still remember it was Awesome God. I learned one song by memory, and every time a piano was near me, I just tried to play it once. Because I was convinced that if I could play it once, then I'd never lose my ability to play the piano. I was an idiot. I, I can still play that sometimes, but it's all by memory. If I focus on actually trying to do it and actually put some effort or some skill into playing the piano, I, I can't do it. It's all muscle memory for one song. And when you hear me play that one song, you might say, oh, he's pretty good at the piano. No, he's not. He doesn't remember playing the piano. If you put some music in front of me, it would take me forever to slowly go through it because I forget the notes. If you, if you stopped me halfway through that song, I'd have to start all over at the beginning because I can't figure it out all the, once I'm in the middle. I lost my talent. I lost my skill as a piano player. And it's because of the fact that I became disconnected with the piano. I became disconnected with the pursuit of the piano. And once I became disconnected in that way, I lost all of my potential. And it's the same way with us in our lives with Jesus. We learn from that verse in Jeremiah 29 that he has a purpose and he has a plan for you. But don't for a minute expect to have a purpose and a plan that will prosper you, not harm you, give you hope in a future if you're not spending time with him. You're foolish if you think you can. You're foolish if you think that for 10 minutes before you go to bed, you can open up and read a couple of verses and think that that will be enough to actually pursue a purpose that will matter in your life. You need to push through and you need to pursue because purpose is about pursuit. And the minute you stop pursuing Jesus is the minute you lose your potential on what you could accomplish in your life. also know that Jesus pursued obedience. And we know that Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey his commands. Sorry, if you obey, if you love me, you obey my commands. Jesus said that. I was thinking about this verse and it made me think about when I started dating my, my now wife, Bree. Um, I loved her a lot. And it was a new love. It was a love that was based on excitement. And there was nothing that she could ask me to do that I would not do. Because I loved her, I would obey what she wanted me to do. Because I loved her, I'd do anything she wanted to be able to serve her. And the cool thing is, is that I, as I, I've been married to her now for 12 years and continue to grow in that love with her, that hasn't changed. If anything, it's intensified. There's nothing that she couldn't ask me to do that I wouldn't do wholeheartedly for her. It's because I love her. And it's the same thing with us and Jesus. 
You're a sign that you've been spending time with him and actually pursuing him so that you can have that purpose in your life that will actually excite you and matter. Will be seen through whether or not you obey him. So when you're in school, I know some of you are still in elementary school, some of you in high school. But when you see the kids pull out a vape, and you know that that's not something you want to do. There's nothing overly sinful about a vape. But it is a sign of character and a choice that you're making to follow a crowd rather than follow what you know is wise. Or when somebody pulls out some movie or some YouTube video that's inappropriate. And you care more about what they think than what's going into your mind because you know that what goes into your mind will lead to your heart. And you know that Jesus has your heart. When you make a decision to pursue something that the world says is valuable or interesting, rather than pursuing what Jesus says is right, that is a sign of whether you are truly in love with him. You will make mistakes. That will happen. But what do you do when you make that mistake? Are you on your knees? Are you repenting? Are you asking for forgiveness? Because if you are, that's a sign that you love him. And if you love him, you are tied in relationship to something that is worth someone who is worth pursuing so that you can pursue a purpose in your life that you can be excited about. And then we said that Jesus pursued um, significance rather than success. We get, and I've been very guilty of this myself in my own life, we get really distracted by the pursuit of things that this world says they will value. We actually pursue those things, even though if we stop and think about it, we know that those things don't matter as much as whether we're loving God and loving other people and serving God and serving other people. And you don't have to go anywhere further than a funeral to know that this is true. When you go to a funeral, you will never hear people praise and celebrate how much money somebody made, how successful they were, whether they were a celebrity, how good looking they were. You will never hear people talk about that because you know if you went to a funeral like that, it would be uncomfortable and weird. And it'd be uncomfortable and weird because we all know that when somebody's lying dead in a casket at the front of the church, that how successful they were isn't mattering right now. What we do here is we hear people talk about how they served others, if they love Jesus, how they served God, and the legacy that they have left because they love God and because they loved others well. We know that significance is something worth pursuing rather than what this world says success is. But we don't stop to actually pursue the significance. And we spend a lot of time pursuing the success. And I'm not going to say that if, if one, you might have dreams of building a company or being a professional athlete and making tons of money. There's nothing wrong with that. 
as long as your intentions and your motives are tied back to love for God, relationship with God, obedience to God, so that you can pursue a purpose that actually will matter for your life. Guys, we see celebrities killing themselves. They have all the money in the world, all the power in the world, and they want to leave this world. And then they're sitting at the front of a church or in front of an auditorium with all these people who worship them. And they're struggling to find something great to say about them because all they ever pursued was success and they never pursued significance. And the nice things that you do here are likely the few times that they pursued significance. Or we tried to twist the success that they had to show that it was significant. But it's just trying to make us all feel better. So I want to encourage you. We know that this is true. We know that the pursuit of Jesus, the pursuit of loving him and loving other people, is a pursuit worth fighting for. But we have to do that. We have to fight for it. And we have to make conscious decisions every single moment or every single day to do that. And we said that Jesus pursued patiently his purpose. And we know that Jesus pursued patiently through a lot of challenges. Uh, I want to read a story to you. Because this story reminds me of how we often try to rush through the challenges of our lives. When if we'd simply be patient through them, we'd be able to get the full value out of those experiences. So this was by, this is a, talking about an interview that a, a gentleman named Jim Collins did. And he was interviewing a, uh, a Vietnam War veteran. Stockdale was a pilot. So this is a gentleman named Stockdale. Stockdale was a pilot who spent eight years in prison in North Vietnam's notorious Hanoi Hilton after he was shot down during the Vietnam War. He was frequently tortured and abused. When interviewed, Stockdale, the former admiral, said his imprisonment was the defining moment of my life, explaining I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted not only that I would get out, but also that I would prevail. Jim Collins interviewing him was intrigued by this man whose body decades later still showed signs of being broken, but whose spirit was as strong as ever. Who didn't make it out of the prison camps? Collins asked a little hesitantly. Oh, that's easy, he said. The optimists. When a confused Collins asked him to explain, Stockdale said, oh, the optimists, they were the ones who were going to get out by Christmas. And then Christmas would come and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to get out by Easter. And Easter would come and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving would come and Thanksgiving would go. And then it would be Christmas again. And they'd die of a broken heart. This story reminds me of how often we try to rush through challenges rather than being patient through them. We know what we want, but we rush to get it. We rush through the challenges because we rush through trying to get to the end results. We forget that the challenge has tremendous value and is necessary to help us develop the character necessary in those end results. And Romans 5, 4 says, for, only, for not only, for only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Um, something that I see in students, that, and, and so I speak to a group of students like this, that I see every day is 
Every single day in classrooms, you are presented with challenges. And then you step out of the classroom, you're presented with more challenges. And when you're presented with a challenge, just like Stockdale was presented with a challenge, the challenge of trying to get out and get through a prison camp where so many people didn't make it out alive. Our challenges might not be that significant or that challenging, but we, are, we do face challenges, and we do one of two things when we face those challenges. We meet the struggle or the challenge, and we're either going to persevere or we're going to give up. And you have two streams of thought here. You're going to either persevere or you're going to give up. And there's no other options. You're going to fall into one of these streams. So if you persevere through the struggle, what you do is you're developing a habit of good character of somebody who never gives up and always perseveres through challenges. And when you do that, you develop character that will actually matter for your future. Because you know that no matter what challenges you face every single day, every single day you've been preparing yourself to persevere through so that you can develop character that will actually help you pursue purpose. But I see so many students do this one. They give up. And the minute that they give up, they're also developing habits and character. But the habits and character that they're developing are habits and character that cause them to give up. And what that leads to is frustration and constant frustration. Because all they ever do is they get into this stream of giving up. I give up, I give up, I give up, I give up. And then they meet challenges that actually matter in their lives and purposes that actually matter. And they don't know how to deal with it. Because all they've been doing is giving up and it leads to them frustrated and it leads to them. They don't know how to pursue purpose. While the individuals who are over here who don't give up and actually persevere, they're the ones who actually have excitement in their life because they know that no matter what happens, they have a God that has given them the power and the ability to persevere through and develop character that will allow them to continue to persevere through. And so I want to ask you, are you patiently enduring through challenges that you have in your life? Or do you just try to rush through? When you're given a school assignment that you don't like very much, but you know that there's some purpose in it, whether it be your marks or whether it be the skills you're developing, do you rush through it or do you give up and you give up? Or do you push through? Do you go to the teacher? Do you ask questions? Do you find out again? Okay, so do you give up or do you persevere? Because Jesus was here for 33 years, knowing that when he got to the cross, he was going to hang there and take me. And he passionately pursued that purpose, regardless of the challenges. So we've looked at how Jesus pursued purpose and seen how it's a model for how we can pursue purpose. I want to go over the points just one more time. Jesus always remained focused on God's plan for him. And God has a plan for you to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope in a future. That's exciting. Jesus focused while here on earth on remaining in relationship with God. Are you remaining in relationship with God? Are you persevering and pursuing relationship with him so that you don't lose the source of power that will fuel your purpose in life? Jesus pursued remaining obedient. Obedience makes us our most efficient selves because we're living in a way that he created us to live. Are you obeying even when it's hard so that you can continue to pursue relationship and purpose in him? Jesus pursued significance, not success. We just have to look at a funeral to know that success is empty and significance is full. 
What are you pursuing? Are you pursuing what this world says you should pursue? Or are you pursuing what the Bible says you should pursue? And I know that that's not popular, but it's purposeful. And it's exciting when you pursue that purpose. And Jesus pursued purpose patiently and endured the challenges. And our purpose is a journey filled with purposeful challenges that are making us more like Jesus and preparing us to accomplish the purpose that he has for our lives. So I want to end by reading a quote from C.S. Lewis. He's the one who did the Chronicles of Narnia, if you're not aware. So he was a really interesting guy. And he didn't just read, uh, write mythical stories. He also wrote a lot of wonderful, wise teachings that we can, uh, we can apply to our lives. And I think he summed up what we're talking about here today really well when he said this. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with ambition and with ambition and the pursuit of success when infinite joy is offered us. We're like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a muddy slum because we can't imagine what's meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. What he's saying there is this. I started here by telling you that I see every single day students pursuing their significance and their success. Actually, I should say their success and their purpose. They'll never find significance in it. They pursue their success and their purpose through things like YouTube videos. And I really believe a big reason for it is because they can't imagine all that God has in store for them and planned for them. They can't imagine it, so they can't get excited about it. But when we think about Christmas, and when we think about a little baby lying in a manger, my hope is through what we've discussed today, that you won't look at that baby just as something that we celebrate at Christmas time without purpose. My hope is that you'll look at that baby and recognize that that baby had a purpose. Patiently pursued that purpose and that significance. And that because that baby came to earth, God came to earth in the form of a baby. My hope is that when you look at that baby, you will think about yourself. My hope is that when you look at that baby, when you think about that baby, you will think about the fact that that baby had purpose so that you can have purpose. My hope is that you will look at that baby and recognize that what you are celebrating at Christmas is what you should be celebrating every single moment of every single day. And that if you do, if you do pursue relationship with God, if you do pursue obedience with God, if you do push through and pursue significance in God rather than success in this world, then you will experience purpose, you will experience significance, and it all comes through relationship that that baby made possible. If Jesus didn't come and lie in that manger, then Jesus didn't live and die on that cross. And if Jesus didn't die on that cross, 
then you're going to hell. And I'm going to hell. And if he didn't come and lie in that manger and go to that cross, then YouTube videos would be all we have. Sports would be all we have. Boyfriends, girlfriends would be all we have. Even family would be all we have. And all of it would be empty. When you pursue that baby, when you pursue relationship with Jesus and actually pursue it, knowing that it will lead to purpose, you will experience hope. You will experience excitement. You will experience joy. You will experience a life and a future that you can actually be excited about. But you have to pursue it. I'm going to really challenge you to not leave here today without really thinking about what this means for you. And maybe something you want to think about is just an answer to this question. How can I be obedient to God consistently? Or maybe it's, what am I doing right now that is preventing me from pursuing God consistently? Because if you don't answer that question today, then you will not have significance and you will not have purpose the way that God created you to experience it. And then one day, when you're the one, not to be morbid, but when you're the one in that casket at the front of the church, will you have pursued something worth pursuing? And will you have experienced a life worth experiencing? So that then you can experience an eternity that will fuel that purpose and that passion every moment of every day. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much that you came to this world and you pursued your purpose as a means of pursuing us so that we can pursue you in relationship. And thank you that when we pursue you with relationship, we experience a life worth living. And we can look forward to an eternal home in heaven that is that can be everything to us. I pray that that desire to pursue you would fuel our pursuit of you in relationship, would fuel our desire to obey you as a means of showing that we love you. And I pray that we would stay focused on pursuing you so that we can pursue significance of loving you and loving others. I pray, Lord, that we would not get distracted by things that are empty, things like YouTube, things like sports, things that are interests, even school. May we be focused on you. God, I pray that... I know that we're all here in, in different spots and we will receive this message in different ways. But Lord, I pray for every single one of us here that we would take from this moment what you want us to hear so that we can better pursue you and do so in a really purposeful way that's exciting for our lives. We thank you for coming here, lying in a major and going all the way to a cross. I pray that this Christmas we will celebrate what that means for us personally.
and that will worship you in the process. Thank you, Lord, for all you give to us. Thank you for the purpose you bring to our lives. In your name.